0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, ladies
1: and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Umbadi. With me, Sonny Ship, to break down a ton of team news that has really kind of been flowing in from preseason award watch list to uh, some tidbits Sonny dropped on the team to camp battles we've got a lot to talk about as LSU returns to the field on Friday with the coaches. It's not ball camp. It's football school. It's a little bit of a uh, re, you know, acclimation period with the coaching staff as the players have been on campus this summer working out with Tommy Moffitt. And now they're able to work with the football and get back to business. Sonny, we're still kind of up in the air on what college football season is going to look like, but I know I'm excited about the, players and coaches, at least getting back on the field together, it seems like things are starting to trend in the right direction in that respect.
2: Yeah. And, and what I like about it is that it's uh, it's, it's almost like you've, you know, you've been in t-shirts and uh, t-shirts and shorts for so long and, and granted they're not putting on pads or anything, but they're actually able to kind of get together and start doing some things. You know, they can, uh, as the, as the rules state, they can have a a walkthrough with a, with a football. Well, you know what that means. I mean, they can actually get out there. They can, you know, they can do some stuff. They can run some plays. They can, uh, you know, do things more geared towards actually playing on Saturdays. And uh, it's been a long time coming with missing so much time in the spring. And then with, you know, players having to to go home and, and work out on their own. Uh, chop down trees to be able to lift weights and and all that stuff it's good for him to finally have a little more sense of normalcy and uh, you know hopefully it's just a prelude of things to come
1: yeah and we're still a little bit away from fall camp like we said football school getting underway for LSU and Ed Ogeron I'm keeping an eye on offensive line this is now we can turn the page and look at position battles and say okay who's battling who what's the pecking order this is just the beginning of of certainly fall camp and those position battles I I think you look at obviously Dare Rosenthal was out for the spring and then Ed Ogeron has been talking him up as a left tackle now that he's back with the team but then you have you have some some players emerging at certain spots from what Ed Ed Ogeron has shared on 104.5 over the summer I mean you look at Ed Ingram at left guard you look at Uh, Chase on Hines at right guard, Liam Shanahan, the graduate transfer at center. You've got the mainstay, Austin Deculus on the right side. But this is a position group that until they put the pads on and start working together and finding that cohesive unit, we could see a lot of shuffling. And I'm intrigued by what James Craig is going to come up with with that unit and who could emerge in fall camp when the pads come on because it's going to be an adjustment for Liam Shanahan. To come from Harvard to the SEC. He's got the size, he's got the smarts uh, to do it, but it'll still be an adjustment period. How does Chase on Hines and Anthony Bradford and Cardell Thomas battle at right guard? Can anyone overtake Ed Ingram at left guard? Can anyone push Dare Rosenthal at left tackle? All of those things. And then you factor in the freshman coming on board. Uh, I'm intrigued by how the offensive line is going to look as fall camp rolls along.
2: Yeah, I, I am too. Uh, you know, and, and when I spoke to a source, um earlier this week and uh, we were talking about uh, mostly about the offense and, and and the passing game and then we talked about a little bit about the offensive line and uh and this source commented that you know the offensive line is going to surprise some people and what he's heard from others who have seen a little bit more feels like the offensive line is going to uh is going to be okay you know i, I think the key is that you know it has to stay healthy I, there's not a lot of a lot of depth, particularly on the edges, um, you know. And then I think Liam Shanahan, he 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 has to show that he can be that rock in the middle of the line, that he can make the calls, and that he can, uh, you know, that he can take that next step because that's going to allow. Chasing Hines to slide over to his more natural position of guard, which he played pretty well at when he was a true freshman, uh, in, in in twenty uh, in twenty eighteen. So I think he I think the offensive line, I think it's going to uh, you know, that it's gonna be a little bit better than some folks are giving it credit for right now. You know, when I look at my biggest battle though, I, I'm a I'm gonna flip over to the other side of the trench in defensive end. There's just so many guys who could potentially, you know, not only start, but, I mean, you literally could go four deep on that defensive line. Um, you know, particularly on the edges, Justin Thomas, Andre Anthony. You know, I think Neil Farrell is a guy that if he continued to shed some weight, you know, he could factor in at defensive end in, in addition to playing inside. You look at B.J. O'Jolari. You look at Philip Webb. You've got um, – you've got Travez Moore coming back, you've got Ali Gay coming in with this class right here. To me, there's just so many options and so many possibilities, but yet not a one of them is established and proven. So I think that's going to be a very interesting, uh, you know, some very interesting position battles to watch.
1: I'm with you on on that front with the defensive end spot. And and also defensive tackle. I mean, you look at Tyler Shelvin, Apu Aika uh, who played well in in kind of a limited role last year, but Shelvin really emerged. I mean, some people have him as a first round draft pick type of player and and certainly one that uh you know is is going to be a difference maker for LSU. And then you've got guys like Neil Farrell and and Jaquelin Roy and Jacobian Guillory coming in and 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 Glenn Logan back and and some of these veterans around. And so there's going to be an interesting field to the defensive line as they transition to the 4-3 where do you guys line up where do they fit best you mentioned neil farrell the potential of him shedding some weight and and being able to fit maybe at a defensive end spot and i'm with you on the defensive ends being probably the the most highly contested position battle of the defensive side of the ball because they they have a lot of talent they also have a lot of unproven players uh, at that side, and so uh, what Bill Johnson and Bo Pelini and Ed Ogeron come up with on the defensive line is going to be really interesting.
2: Yeah, well, Bill, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, the, the the options, you know, I mentioned defensive end. You could very easily look at defensive tackle two guys who played inside last year. You've got, I mean, who who are, who are uh, you know, defensive tackles in a 4-3, Neil Farrell, Glenn Logan, uh, Tyler Shelvin, Apu Ika. And then that's not to mention all these true freshmen who are coming in, Jacobian and Guillory, Jaqueline Roy, even Eric Taylor. You know, the, for LSU to have so many options on the defensive line, and granted, like, like we both alluded to, is that some of them are unproven. The talent is there it wasn't long ago he was just looking to move anyone that they could over to the defensive line so kudos to uh kudos to the staff for really shoring up that side of the ball now if they can get that if they can get that offense that that the edge protectors shored up from a depth standpoint on the other side of the ball then uh you know then i think they're going to be really really solid in the trenches from a depth standpoint relative to where they were just not too long ago
1: yeah great point and and look as we took a look there at some of the preseason camp position battles, there's also been plenty of preseason award watch lists coming out. LSU has is, is cleaned up in that respect already. Uh, and, and while it's not like the postseason award list that, uh, of, of honors that they picked up after the national championship game, there's a few mainstays on some of these lists. We talked about Tyler Shelvin. Well, he's on the Outland and the Nagurski award watch list. You look at Jacoby Stevens and Derek Stingley, both made the Nagurski Award watch list and the Thorpe Award watch list. I think when you look at Derek Stingley, he's got the chance to make it back-to-back Thorpe Award winners. And quite honestly, if if you're betting on Derek Stingley to play the way he did last year, he's he's gotta be right at the top of the list to
2: win the Thorpe Award. I mean if you're if you're bet and if you're handicapping the odds, you certainly have to like uh where Stingley is in the race. You know, I just wonder if If he's going to get as many opportunities as he had last year, picked off six passes. I think he uh, broke up another 15. Um, It might have been 18 if memory serves him, but I think it was 15. Regardless, a lot of passes. He got a lot of action last year. And I wonder if he's going to get nearly as much – With, uh, you know, he doesn't have an experienced veteran on the opposite side like he had last year with Christian Fulton. And so I think that's going to free up some opportunities for Jacoby Stevens, who uh, surprisingly, he was a uh, second team preseason All American uh, when Phil Steele, uh, with Phil Steele's All American teams. And and that kind of surprised me a little bit because I figured that he would get some, uh, some mention and some recognition, probably more towards the third team on a lot of lists, but, uh, you know, I think he's a guy in both Pelini's defense. He's going to have a chance to be a playmaker like he was last year. You're talking about someone who had five sacks, picked off three passes – um, recorded 92 stops I think seven and a half for loss so a lot of uh, you know he he was right there in the top three in most of LSU statistical categories minus uh, passes broken up so I think he's going to have an opportunity too. if Stingley doesn't get quite as much action and have chances to make as many plays as he did last year Jacoby Stevens is a guy who could kind of sneak into that Thorpe Award uh, picture towards the end of the season.
1: To round out the awards discussion, Cade York nominated for the Lou Groza Award. Zach Von Rosenberg nominated for the Ray Guy Award. And then Jamar Chase, of course, nominated for the Bolitnikoff Award uh, on the watch list. And, of course, he won it last year in 2019. And, Sonny, you talked with a source. You mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Things appear to be trending in the right direction once again for LSU's passing attack. What are a couple things that you can share – uh, with us from from the VIP notes which by the way if you want the full notes you should subscribe to go 24/7 for just a buck for your first month or take a huge percentage off your annual subscription today.
2: Yeah, and for those who for those kind of wondering more about that, look, you jump on that annual subscription that we have right now, you get 6 free months off of, off off of your annual subscription. I mean, that's a, that's a terrific offer that takes you all the way into, you know, where we are next year leading up into the uh, you know, to the 2021 campaign. So, but yeah, there's a, there's a, you know, you, everyone, if you, if you listen to the, to the or if you read the national preseason magazines, you listen to the, uh, to the, to the national analysts, you know, the thing that they all jump on is that LSU could be good if and that if always centers around Miles Brennan in the passing game, are they going to be able to, uh, you know, not do what LSU did last year? I mean, you're talking about one of the best quarterbacks in college football history with the season that Joe Burrow had, the number one draft pick in the NFL, and everything. But if Miles Brennan can just can just keep things going and be be a guy who, who, who distributes the ball to all these playmakers. Racy McMath, a guy that a lot of people are going to hear about this year. Terrace Marshall, former five-star. Jamar Chase, last year's Boletnikoff Award winner. Eric Gilbert, the number one tight end in the history of 24-7 sports. And so he's got a ton of weapons to work with, and the key is just going to be him being able to distribute that ball. And from talking to a source – the passing game is clicking right now. Granted, it's just seven on seven. Brennan's not facing a pass rush. He doesn't have pads on. He's not worried about being hit or anything. But just from the standpoint of the quarterback and the receivers being on the same page, uh, you know, they're clicking right now, according to this source. And this is not, you know, this is someone who's pretty critical too. Who um, you know, things have to really be going good for him to be as positive as he was about this. And something else that he added is that. You know, a lot was made over some things that Joe Brady brought over last summer with the receivers having to catch, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of passes, just the, the different kind of unique drills that they did. And Mickey Joseph and new passing game coordinator Scott Linehan, uh, you know, they, 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 they've kept that going. They're implementing that, putting a little bit of twist on it, a little bit of all of, you know, a little bit of all of the experience that Linehan has from so many years in the NFL. And so when you, uh, you know, when you, when you lump that all together, uh, there's not, there's so much positivity coming on the passing game right now to where I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that I, I don't think that the LSU is going to take as big of a step back as a lot of people thought that they would, uh, you know, just three months ago.
1: Yeah, that's great stuff. And then also, I mean, gosh, Miles Brennan, Everyone talks about his weight, of course. He came in at about 6'4", 6, 6, 170 pounds, uh, and has since put on roughly 40, 50 pounds uh, over the course of his time at LSU. He's now up to about 220 pounds is what he told uh, Cody Worsham uh, in his interview with him. And he did it by squatting trees that he cut down and benching him. I mean, Sonny, he was out at his, his family camp. Were, were you out there with him? I know you were out at the camp uh, last weekend. <laughs>
2: No, we definitely weren't chopping down trees. The only thing we only thing we were chopping down was uh, beer cans and beer bottles.
1: Yeah, well, well, that was you, not Miles Brennan. But <laughs> hey, may, maybe I mean he's of age. But um, you know, the the camp uh, where, where Miles was at, he, he certainly was out away from everything and just had to make do with with uh, what he uh, what he had at his disposal. So uh, he looks ready to go for his redshirt junior year, man. I, I think. Uh, I think he's poised to do some big things. I think he's got too many weapons not to.
2: I agree, man. I agree. And and look, if we go back and if we look at, you know, if we look at Joe Burrow's uh, you know, the growth, you go back to his first season in 2018, towards the end of the season after the Alabama game, he really started lighting it up, you know, throwing for over 300 yards a game um in those last I think 5 games down the stretch when you consider the uh the bowl game against UCF. And I think Miles Brennan, I think Miles Brennan is going to uh, that he's not he's not going to take as long um, for the light to come on, kind of like it did with Joe Burrow, simply because this is going to be a much more quarterback friendly offense than what Joe Burrow had in his first year in 2018. But I think Miles Brennan is going, I think Miles Brennan is going to have a big year. I think that you know by the time we look back. We don't know how many games they're gonna be able to play, but I think, you know, if they were able to play a full season with a minimum of thirteen games, I would be shocked if Miles Brennan wouldn't post the second best passing season in LSU history.
1: Yeah. I and mean, he's just got so many weapons at his disposal, good good offense. I mean, it, it it seems like it it'll it's more likely than not to come together for LSU in twenty. In 20- 20 at least offensively will they be able to repeat or do any of that we'll have to see but i'm i'm certainly high on on miles brennan's ability to run this show and with that Sonny, we'll keep our eyes peeled we'll keep our ears peeled uh, as well for uh, any more tidbits to pass along on go 24 7 but i think it's time we wrap this podcast up we'll be back next week with another edition of the go 24 7 podcast thanks for listening quick reminder to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast. Appreciate you guys. Hope everybody has a great weekend.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.